Forgotten Flicks remembers bestseller 1987. Dennis, I want people to know what I had to do and why. Oh, they'll know, Cleve, they'll know. Rural America. Growing up on a farm. The American dream. Exactly. Only this time, this time something went wrong. This time these nice country people produced a mistake of nature. An aberration. A freak. That's all I am to you. A freak. Hello and welcome to Forgotten Flicks. I am Joel and I am joined this evening by me and me. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. This, of course, it's is me. It's Peter. It's the Peter. It's the Peter. The one. Hold on. Let me do my really lame crowd cheering. That again sounds like oh, a yeah. torrential rainstorm. You know what I need to do is I need to get like maybe a, a sound bite from Thunderdome or something. Uh, where it's like really oh, thinking or just thunder or just, yeah, oh, that's true. It'd be kind yeah. of relaxing. <laughs> if you're new to the show, we are talking about movies we all grew up with, or uh, uh, although I think we're on a run here where Peter and, or I have managed to come up with some titles that neither of us has ever heard of, or only heard in passing and certainly never saw, but that's kind of fun because these are movies that, um, you know, coming to him as a almost 40 year old and in Peter's case, an almost uh, 65, 70 year old. We feel what you, what's son, that? What Will you son pitch? <laughs> oh, if I could get up to chair. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you have to catch me first, old man. So. So, yeah, if getting there. <laughs> the, these are movies that. Honestly, this one, especially I didn't know existed. Now, Peter, you said you had seen this one, right? Bestseller. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it before. See, I didn't even, I never, I don't think I'd ever heard of it. And there's a lot of people connected to this movie that I can't figure out why it is I never even heard of it. Mm -hmm. But there, there it is. You can't watch it all. No, you really can't. So, and and one of the things I've been enjoying as of late is that we have been tapping into movies that I've never seen, which is fun because then it's a new experience and it's, you know, not that it's not fun to sometimes revisit an old movie, but if I've seen it a lot of times, it's just, it's, I almost feel like, you're going through the motions or, or, or even worse, it's a letdown because it doesn't have the same feeling as it did 20 years ago, but these are all new, which is great. So bestseller 1987. How about we hear a short bit of the trailer followed by the requisite spoiler alert. And then you can kind of give a real quick blurb synopsis and we can jump into this bad boy. What'd you think? That sounds good. through the kitchen window. The hot night, the window was open. I had to hold up until 11 when the old man took his bath. The bathroom was a natural place for an accident to happen. I wanted something more than I had. I wanted respect. We have a natural bond, you and I. No, we don't have anything in common. I don't have anything in common with you. 
can't let this one get by you, Dennis. Bestseller. The subject is an assassin. I removed the liabilities. And I provided some of the assets. Do not move! The author is a cop. Hey, stay back! It's a police emergency! I like you, Dennis. Police! Not enough to sacrifice the book for. They need each other more than they can trust each other. Cop. Killer. Two sides of the same coin. Read all about it in my book. Why don't you just be a good cop and leave the killing to me? You like him, don't you? Yeah. And you're going to arrest him. She's the clean part of your life. I'm the dirty part. If they can survive to write the last chapter, they might have a bestseller. Hold it right there, bucko! Major League Spoiler Alert, please! And just so you know, that was a spoiler alert guy before he hit puberty. <laughs> Peter? <laughs> yeah. Would you like to give us a little blurb? And please, I, I hope you weren't planning on using the MDB one, because I was just reading that as we were waiting. And I realized that they referred to Cleve making a living working for one of the most powerful politicians in the country. So right off the bat, that's wrong. He's not a politician. Yeah. But I nah, digress. No, nah, I, I don't have IMD. Be open anyway, so. MDB. So I'll just go with uh, what I think, if that's okay. I'll go for it. That's much better than oh. MDBA. Yeah. <laughs> no, so uh, Brian Dennehy plays Dennis Meacham, uh, a cop slash writer. Uh, well, cop first, and uh, uh, in, in, what is it, in 72, there's a robbery in a police mm -hmm. evidence, uh, uh, what do you call it, depository? Yes. Uh, kind of, they look kind of cool. The three guys wearing the Nixon masks and yes. well, identical clothing, more or less. They rob it, and he is one of the cops there. And uh, uh, as they, well, things go wrong, and he get hurt, and he uh, stabs one of the the, uh, the Nixon guys, and he uh, survives and writes a book about it. I love that we all we were a couple of minutes into the movie and we get the the whole montage yes, thing more yeah, or less. I wrote that down too. Love that. Yeah, <laughs> where you kind of get the 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 story of him writing the book and he's kind of he's kind of struggling down on his luck. His wife has apparently died in uh, cancer or something as mm -hmm. far as I and uh, well, and he, the the follow up book is not going too well. And uh, we open up out of there on a stakeout at the docks. Well. We will, instead of just uh, giving this, we just go into the movie go, from go, here. I go think. from there. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I think. I think in a, in a nutshell, just saying he's a a cop first and a writer second, which I believe was were his words, and and ultimately this character played by James Wood Woods, who in the trailer, as you heard, uh, steps out of the shadows, ends up actually saving Meacham's life and. Cleve saves his life uh, while shooting the, the a suspect who's mm -hmm. about to shoot Mitchum. Yes. So, uh, and not for the last time does he save his life, actually. No. And he's, uh, he just said, watch out, Dennis, and then he's gone, more or less. Yes. So, like you said, it sets up 1972. Oh, actually, you know, yep. before, before we get into that, I do want to real quick, high level, go over just some of the key players in the movie. So, it was yep. directed by John Flynn. Were you familiar with? With Mr. Flynn? 
or any uh, of his or, or any of his work well the the name rings a bell and I, I for some reason i didn't look him up <laughs> yeah. well no it's okay i actually the name did not ring a bell to me however several of the movies he directed definitely did because he directed a movie that i'm will be actually floored if you haven't heard of it it's called rolling thunder uh yeah it's from uh 70 late 70s yes. right yeah 77 and uh, william, 77, De- william yeah, devane starred in it and cool. it's actually the movie i believe that tarantino named his production he had a production company i don't know if it's still around or not called rolling thunder and it was named yeah. after that movie and it's a sort of a revenge you know veteran go- for hand or something yeah there's some element of that i remember I, I did see it on it was actually on tv one day mm-hmm. and it was long after i heard about it but i never could find a copy and I remember it being a really good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. He also did, after bestseller, he did Lock Up with Stallone. Oh, that's right. And Sutherland. Yeah. yeah, Donald Sutherland, which I thought was a great movie. And yeah. Out for Justice, which I think is one of the better Seagal movies. I actually like that one a lot. I think that one had, uh, wait, was William Forsythe the bad guy in that? I think I'm looking now. To, yeah. Yep, William Forsythe. Yep, Jerry yep, Orbach yep. was in it. So it was, that was a pretty decent one. I remember seeing that in the theater. Yes, that's pretty good. And Brain Scan which I have not seen probably since 1994. It had Edward Furlong and it was, I, I think. Oh yeah. That one with the, yeah. The tri- Was he called the trickster or was he called, what was he called? It was basically kind I, of this Freddy Krueger like figure that, yeah, the trickster T writer Smith played the trick, uh, trickster yeah. Frank uh, Langella was in it. Uh, and so I'll bet the, I'll bet they looked at, well, gazed at uh, Freddy Krueger and then thought, you know what? I have a, I have a, a new idea. Oh, yeah, it was very much I my yeah. sense memory of it is there was a series of movies that came out in that early 90s period where the entire intention, I think, was to create a franchise, right? Yeah. Leprechaun and, you know, there was a bunch of them. I always, was one of them, I think. I've always felt like it might have been, but yeah, at the same time, my memory of it was there was more to it. That, that it was it was trying to be a little bit more interesting i know it had to deal with virtual reality and you couldn't tell what was in this guy's head and it had a real psychological thriller aspect to it so it was better than most of the similar yeah, horror good. flicks that came out at that time so yeah. it's, it's one i actually wouldn't mind revisiting at some point because i don't remember a lot about it i did see it at the theater but i don't remember seeing a lot so obviously i'm very familiar with mr flynn's work but mm. him you know didn't wasn't the name that ring the bell now as soon as i watched the credits right off the bat the writer, did you catch who that was? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't have it written down. I was like, I, I, I won't put you on the spot. <laughs> wait, wait, hang on, Cohen was it? Yes, no. yes, it was. It yeah, is Larry one of the Cohen. Cohen brothers, right? Yeah, we're not. No, it's Larry Cohen. Uh, he's it, he's spe- it's spelled differently. It's C O H E N. But he's probably most famous. He man, oh yeah, oh yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, but I, I've heard that that name before. Oh yeah, but as soon as I saw his name, and this is what's kind of weird, I. Okay, I thought he's the guy who wrote the TV movie It. Okay, I'm almost positive it's the same guy, but here's what's really weird. If you go into his credits on Imdaba, okay, now he did, and a lot of these I already knew, he did It's Alive, remember that one, and all the sequels? Uh, yeah. Or at least, or, uh, yeah, no, actually, I think he wrote the screenplays for all three of them. He may have directed Maniac Cop. I believe he wrote the first one at least. He did uh, a, a movie with uh, Lando Calrissian, <laughs> aka Billy <laughs> D. Williams, called Deadly Illusion. He did uh, Return to Salem's Lot. Do you remember, was it Q the Winged Serpent? He did that one. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, on my shelf. Yeah. God, it or not. God told me to. Oh, that one too. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did the stuff. I'm looking real quick to see. I was about what? 85. Yeah. See this. Yeah. He's wrote the stuff. And I think he may have directed that one. There was a little slash. Is it a slasher film called special effects? I don't know. Sounds familiar, but I can't place it. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of fade to black. But I think he did one called Special Effects. He wrote it anyway. So, I mean, he oh. wrote and he directed. He actually wrote a, a couple of teleplays for... Are you familiar with Ed McBain? Any of those police procedural mystery novels? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love a good police procedural story. I mean, I love shows like Law and Order and all that kind of stuff. So, I was. it was cool yeah. to see he actually did two of these because especially with bestseller, you, you got that vibe. And I think a lot of his yeah. horror movies have that element of procedural work. There's always like a cop that's looking for whatever it is you know yeah, a little uh, grittiness yes yeah like this almost detective that yeah and let's see here also uh, uncle sam which I, I remember when that got released to video it was like a uncle sam is a i don't know if he's like a zombie and he's killing yeah, people yeah yeah i never seen it but i know uh, uh yeah i know it he did uh, body snatchers which came out in 93 with uh G- gabrielle anwar meg tilly uh, Abel Ferreira directed that one. Actually, to have the the video poster of that on my wall. So I mean, you know, he did a lot of really a Wicked Stepmother. Yeah. Wasn't that one of Betty Davis's last movies? Eighty nine. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. So I mean, he's he's written a ton of stuff. He's directed some really great stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of uh, good names tied to this movie. Oh, it really? Is I mean, I, that one? Sh- I was sh- I was like, okay. I, I'm. Well, here's what's weird to me. It shows under Imdb. I want to go back to the whole name thing. I thought he did it, but. It's not under his, I mean, that'd have been around like 90, 91. It's not there. I mean, all the It's Alive oh. movies are. So I'm going through yeah. and I'm like, okay. And I wrote, I put in it and it comes up as Lawrence. I think it was it Lawrence G. Cohen or D. Cohen. Hold on, let me, let me just do it real quick here. Okay. Just because I want to make sure I have that. Went under his, uh, under his full name. Well, see, but that's what's strange. Is or it's I, not him. I, that, but what are the, what are the chances? I know. <laughs> Right now, see, you know, Lawrence D. Cohen. Huh. Okay. And he was, let's see here, just say, uh, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't say, it doesn't show a picture, but I don't think it's a picture of uh, Larry Cohen either. But Laura, uh, Larry Cohen also, ha- under his MDBA, it, it has his name as Lawrence G. Cohen. Huh. <laughs> so I was so confused. I was like, did he do it? So I'm guessing not. I'm guessing either he did it. And altered his name for whatever reason, or he didn't. Huh. But I thought it was the same guy. I don't know for sure. I can't verify that it is. It's very possible that if somebody screwed up when they put the information in uh, IMDb, that maybe they put the wrong initial and that kind of threw everything yeah. out of whack. And I suppose I could dig deeper and figure it out. My gut was it's the same guy. So he may have been the guy who did it. I don't know. Oh, okay. So yeah. my point being is I think he's done a lot of really great movies that I personally oh, yeah. love. I agree. And they're the stars of the movie. There's a ton of other people. And in fact, a couple that if we get to them in time, I want to cover. But the two guy, main guys in this movie, which, in my opinion, is what makes this movie. And I'm just going to play. I'm just going to play the card. I told you I was going to do this early before we yeah. started. I love this yeah. freaking movie, dude. I love yeah. this movie. Like, I'm so happy you told me when I when I came across it and I was like, oh, would you want to cover this one some point? Like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. It was a good one. And I'm so glad yeah. we went with this because this movie was a breath of fresh air in the sense that 
I enjoyed Nomad. This is a good parallel because we did that one recently. I enjoyed that yeah. one, but that one's flawed. Like, you know, I mean, story-wise, yeah. a lot of inconsistencies. This felt to me like a very mature, well thought out. Like, I suppose if I really dug deep enough, I could find plot hole things, but there really yeah, wasn't. Well, you, it nah, was, it's, it's a, it feels more grown up. Yeah, it's a solid story. Yeah, it's really a solid. Lot of, uh, a lot of it comes from James Woods and Brian Denny. Oh, dude, because, the acting. Uh, two of my favorite actors. Oh, so, uh, the acting. These guys are freaking amazing. It, it was like I think what makes this movie so great. And again, I'm just going to play it out. This will just be a love yeah. fest for bestseller. Well, of course. Yeah, I, I think the fact these two. It was like watching these two master actors that at the top of their game control of their craft and just the chemistry between them. I mean, this it is so strange because as you said at the beginning, he's Dennehy is this cop slash author, right? He's a crime writer and woods is this assassin. And we we know he's connected to the thing that happened at that police depository to Denny. I don't want to give that away. I know we got spoiler alert, but I, you know, I want to keep a couple little surprises. Cause actually I don't really want to spoil, spoil this movie because I want some people (laughs) to see this movie and really enjoy it. And if you like mystery, well, I wouldn't say it's really mystery. If you like a good thriller, procedural, kind of gritty 80s, you know, homicide yeah. life on the street kind of thing. Yeah. I think you'll yeah, dig you can't this. Go wrong. Yeah, you can't go wrong with this one. Yeah. And like you said, it's very grown up. It's just, it's, uh, yeah. it, it feels very sure-footed and solid. And I I did just a real high level after watching it to see if I could find, you know, like my usual, I like to find like Ebert's original reviews and I didn't find anything directly right off the bat connected to it. Uh, did you happen oh, to I, do that? Yeah. Yeah. I read uh, Ebert's uh, review of this one. What did he say? Cause I, I have I didn't read it. It's, 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 let's put it this way. It's not one of his favorites. So was he as brutal as he was with say was it no no oh tough turf that was the one <laughs> he yeah, just yeah. annihilated he, he came down on it. he came down on Brian Dennehy's character really yeah he did what would so, would go because he was just too much of a hard ass no it was like uh, well well let's get into it the James Woods uh, approaches uh, Dennis Meacham the Dennis Meacham character uh, with a book deal more uh, or less so uh-huh. you, you you're kind of uh, stuck and i'll give you a story to tell yes and uh, uh brian denny's character doesn't really believe him yeah sure anyone can say that and even even when he will we get into that when he shows him the different murder sites and and and, and the evidence he still doesn't really believe it yeah that uh, that's kind of what uh, Ebert when they, he called him thick and and stuff like that so it was more <laughs> it was more of a writing issue than a because i mean can't I'm sorry, you can't fault Dennehy's performance. I don't know. Dennis, no, no, Dennehy no, no, doesn't no, hit a not, false note at, at any point no, in this not movie. Okay. No, not at all. It, it, was, it was the way the character was written. He thought it was it's, uh, implausible that he didn't believe it for so even though uh, uh, James Wood's character shows him so much and he still doesn't believe it. Well, but That's I think if he had he believed wrote. it too, but the problem is if he had believed it too soon, yeah. then you'd be like, well, what? why are you going to just buy what this guy tells you? This guy could be nuts and just want your attention. Because keeping in mind, they have established Jenna, he has had some success as an author, so he's probably got a fan base and he might have some, you yeah. know, kooks that, uh, you know, yep. So I have a story for you. Yeah, so, I, I think. No, I, 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 I didn't understand the Ebert's uh, review. It's, it's, I think, come on, man, give it. It's, I mean, if you go to, and it, it feels, as we said, mature and real life-y. Yeah. So to speak. And, 
Would you just take anyone's word for that? If you, someone came up to you, hey, you know what? I'm a hitman for the mob. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I well, mean, especially if, for this seasoned, you, see, seasoned cop who, who, who says things yeah. like, uh-huh. <laughs> which by the way, and I don't, I, I really wish I'd taken the time to do this one. And I, and I, I am remiss cause I did not do it. Mm. I wanted to see this movie originally was released on 25th of September, 1987. So it may have come out technically after lethal weapon did. I'm at Lethal Weapon to me. I'm not sure. Lethal Weapon set during Christmas. I I always wondered when it actually came out because it came out the same year. Mm-hmm. But this one also has that buddy yeah. action movie vibe to it, and of course that line, the same line, <laughs> yeah, is probably made much more famous in in Lethal Weapon. Uh, yeah, yeah, Lethal Weapon came out March of '87, so it definitely was before. But they were made around the same time, so. Yeah. But it's a it's an entirely different movie. It is, but at the same time, what I wanted to get into, and and just to wrap up the sort of nuts and bolts about these, obviously James Woods. I mean, God Lord, where does one even start? Uh, <laughs> Once upon a time yeah. in America, Casino, Videodrome. I mean, blah blah. I mean, the list go. Uh, he was in a really awesome HBO movie I remember seeing years ago called Was it Citizen Cone? about uh yeah 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 yeah. the congressman that were i think he was a congressman i don't think he was a senator but who uh yeah who basically was sort of this you know joseph mccarthy type you know anti-communist guy and he ends up contracting aids i mean it's a based on a true story and he was phenomenal in that i mean the dude's been in i mean just a mess of stuff i mean you don't even seriously i don't know where to begin 84 have you seen that one against all odds in 84 i remember that movie and i remember the song (laughs) <laughs> yeah well most people do and they never see the i've never the i've never because that's isn't that is that one the one that's sort of a loose sequel to from here to Eter- here to eternity uh, oh, i'm literally uh, pulling that out of my butt and i can be completely no wrong. no not that i well I, I haven't seen it in a long time but i don't think so from here to eternity is on a that's a war movie more or less well i romance I, why do <sighs> Yeah, but see, I mean, like, but, was it kind of like a Bert remake? Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I remember no, we brought no, Lancaster. No, 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 I don't think, I don't think so. Right. I mean, uh, uh, James Woods plays a uh, uh, gangster of sorts in there. Where did I even get that from? Maybe I have to just cut that out. <laughs> no, oh yeah, no, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, there was, I thought that was there was a movie that came out after From Here to Eternity that, for some reason, in my head, I thought was a. Uh, sequel, sort pseudo sequel, like you know what I mean. It wasn't like a direct. Yeah, but yeah, but maybe you get it from if you look at the well, the the VHS cover. I think it. it Them on a beach, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's where I got it from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably. It's a good as, as far as I remember. Against the lots, it's a good movie. So uh, I'd have to dig that up. I'd oh, that's right. It. He was in Cat's Eye. Yeah. Ghost of Mississippi. Did you see that? Yeah, my, yeah. I remember that. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. The Hard Way. Remember that with Michael J. Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Digstown, right. the other side is good. Chaplin. Dear Hercules. Lord, man. Hercules as Hades. Hercules, Hercules. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> not, not that one. Oh, that was Nutty Professor, sorry. Nixon, <laughs> yeah, the, the, oh. the Oliver Stone movie. Yeah, and, and uh, let's not forget Holocaust, the TV miniseries from the 70s. Wow, I mean, seri- Vampires, the John Carpenter, I mean, this list goes on and on. Videodrome, yeah, you could just, we could, we could just sit here for the rest of the evening. Really pretty but much then, good. And they're and, and, and they're not all winners, to, but a lot of them are pretty nah. damn good. But James Woods is, uh, is solid in them, so. Yeah, and now Dennehy is not as prolific, I, I, I don't think. He, a, he, no, but he's done a, a 
ton of good stuff. Yeah, because Woods has, let's see, Woods has 136 credits, according to IMDb. Dennehy has, let's see here. Dennehy has, oh, no, 168. (laughs) He's not too far off the mark. So, but it was the thing about Dennehy. Was he the one that started later in life acting? Uh, I want to say he started. He might. He might have. That he, but you know, I mean, because a lot of actors typically get into it when they're really, yeah, because he was born in 1938. His first credit on here is 77. So he uh-huh. was almost 40. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, well, then in that case, James Wood started earlier. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah, but I'd say most yeah. actors, if you look at, especially even the successful ones, they start in their 20s. So the fact yeah. that he started, you know, a little bit later in life, um, basically at my age, you know, gives us all mm-hmm. hope. Uh, but he, again, <laughs> he's been probably right off the bat, like immediately, the thing that I always go to for Mr. Dennehy that I know and love him from is First Blood. Like, boom, yeah. done, end of story. Like, if he had done nothing else other yeah, than that movie. Blood. It's, you know, that that is just such a brilliant movie and he's so great in it and... Uh, just yeah so that one by yep. itself gorky park yep to uh that's from eight that's a year after i think 83 mm-hmm. never cry wolf remember that one based on a true story it was a disney uh, i remember it was a yeah, big deal because yeah, it was a live so. action movie that disney produced disney studios produced and I, it was pg and they showed the guy's butt <laughs> and I remember okay. that. And I can't remember the actor's uh, name. It was the guy who was in American Graffiti, he played kind of the nerdy guy in American Graffiti. He was in Starman. Charles Martin Smith. Yep. Yeah. That was I mean, he was, he plays the main guy I'm in sure. that. I'm not sure I've seen that one though. What's that? I'm not sure I've seen oh, okay. that one. Yeah, Cocoon. I forgot he was sure. in he was in Cocoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, Cocoon. So, Silverado. Oh, FX, yeah. yeah, which yeah, we covered yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. Legal Eagles. Bestseller, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> To Catch a Killer. Have you seen that in 1992 where he plays? Uh, no. Uh, uh, damn it. It's a TV movie. He plays. Uh, John Wayne Gacy? Oh. Yeah. Oh, that would actually. I'd love to see that. See him playing that character? That'd be amazing. I think I have that on, on VHS. Uh, of course you do. <laughs> so he's really. I mean, he. he did, uh, he always delivers more or less Brian Denny, oh, and he's man. really to catch a killer. He's he, oh, oh man, you hate him in that one. Well, and the thing is, is that I I truly don't think I could choose between him or Woods. Like, if, like which would you prefer as a character? They're both amazing, and like so, getting both of them together, I thought their chemistry was fantastic. I loved that at several points in this movie. In my opinion, Cleve, the character played by Woods, mm. I liked him and felt sorrier for him. Than I did Meacham. Yeah. But it's not it, like it I hated switches, Meacham. It switches back and forth. It really did. There were a couple yeah. moments. So how about, what do you say? Let's go ahead. We, we spent some time here. We've gotten, you know, the, the background. We laid out what this movie's about. Nuts mm-hmm. and bolts stuff. Let's go ahead and just kind of pick apart a few of our favorite elements. And, and I, I will, I'm going to add another spoiler alert if I think either of us is about to really bust a spoiler alert. Because I think. Even though this movie isn't like a big mystery, the big twist, you know, it's still something that I think is more fun if you can go into it not knowing certain things yeah. and how it's certain yep. things will turn out. So let's go ahead and okay. Mm. So you mentioned seventy two, the yeah, dep- the police depository. The- yes. Yeah. And there's the, the the bad guys show up in the Nixon mask, which immediately did that make you think of another movie? Uh, 
Yeah, but I'm blanking. And that's okay. It, it was a point break. That was, a, I yeah, said, oh, yeah, I see yeah. her point break a few years later. We get an idea because <laughs> it's a heist with guys dressed in president masks. But yeah, it's that's this, a good movie, Point Break. Yeah, that which they're, of course, remaking. And uh, don't even mention that because that's totally pointless. I Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, Point Break. Uh, I, I actually watched uh, Point Break in uh, your neck of the woods. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. You would have been here around the time it came out, right? Yeah. Yeah, the I haven't watched the new the new trailer apparently just dropped and I heard that it it was disappointing that it doesn't feel like point break at all. So it's like well, mm. why even oh I see because the name will put people yeah. in seats. Okay. So yeah. uh, I'm gonna avoid that one. <laughs> I more likely will. I might catch it on TV or video, whatever, but I I definitely won't be seeing it in the theater. So no, no, no. Ultimately, the Bad, the bad guys they show up in these nixon masks it's great because they're in the campaign van and at first it really threw me because yeah. when the van drives and you're hearing the and it, but they had this really great synth music playing in the opening theme it was done by a guy named jay ferguson who yeah. i don't know how familiar you are with him i wasn't particularly until i went through oh, no. his okay. filmography and while there's nothing on here that's huge there's a couple he did that i thought were great like uh, pulse do you remember that one that was with johnny lawrence as a little kid about this uh, i guess it's almost like as i remember it was like this electricity that was self-aware intelligent and it's killing people kind of like shocker except i don't think they ever connected directly to like a killer who became uh, <laughs> somewhere that it, it rings a bell yeah yeah it did the music for gleaming the cube nightmare on elm street oh. 5 license to drive damn Tales from the Crypt, oh, okay. he did several uh, episodes. Uh, they had him listed as 14 episodes of License to Drive. I mean, I'm sorry, time for that. License to Drive, 14 episodes. Tales from the <laughs> Crypt, 14 episodes. Uh, so, you know, Tremors, the TV series, which, you know, uh, whatever, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. So, the point being is that he did some things that, again, I'm I'm a fan of. Yeah, you never knew his name, but, uh, I mean, you've seen the... Well, you've heard his score. Yeah, so so, uh, so I like I like I always like these '80s movies when they kick in with a really cool, <clears throat> you know, dark, you know, almost like the Terminator ish sound. Yep. So they end up. You, you go coming out of this parking garage. They head to the depository. They're in the Nixon van. And at first, you don't know what year it is because it doesn't come right up and say 1972, LA 1972. You just see this van, and and it's it's early morning, presumably. Yeah. And you, I like look at the van going. Is that a Nixon? thing on the side like okay that's weird like why would you yeah. be promoting is this like an alternate reality kind of like was it the watchman right nixon's supposed to still be president or something or just <laughs> yeah. or no longer president but it had been for a long time whatever I, I was like i was confused so but then you really oh, okay 72 yeah, that makes then, sense. Uh, yeah it, it stops and then it says los angeles 1972 and then oh okay yeah and so, they just walk in very very uh, very determined oh, yeah. i like the fact that their their clothing is exactly the same yes all black wearing the ski like the ski hat knit yeah. hat uh, cap on the top and they've got the masks on yeah and, they slap up the, the big nixon uh, uh poster uh-huh you guys can't hang that up in here pop pop one yep. security guard down or actually a cop i guess it went to security guard at first i thought it was a security guard i thought it was either a bank or a museum or something i wasn't even sure about yeah. that <laughs> and so they they go in and they go downstairs and there's dennehy's character in uniform yeah, and and they they use a kid so so someone uh, that, uh -huh. that's kind of a uh, the big thing because his uh, what the, his uh, book is called Inside Job isn't it Yes yes the book that he's writing they about have the a key so they can get in kind of the the back back door Yes so they end up the the, the long and the short of it is they 
kill the other couple cops. We find out one of them was involved and they leave Dennehy for dead. But as you said earlier, not before yeah. he stabs one of them. And he had also made note of the fact that this individual that he the one he ends up stabbing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some some marks in his uh, on his uh, in the palm of his hand. Yes, and they look like little cigarette burns, like somebody's yep. put a cigarette out on his hand, like three or four times. Yep. So he notices that guy goes away, and then during the this early scene, after this whole thing transpires, we get a series of newspaper images, almost and, and broadcasts. Uh, yeah, audio yeah. of him talking, being interviewed. So we get the full story of how. It basically connects that incident in 72 to the current day, which I thought they did a great job. It was tight. Yeah. It was. Yep. Yep. Works uh, really, really good. Yeah. Filled in gaps. Um, so we weren't going, well, wait yeah. a minute. How did that? Why would he be doing? We didn't have to do any of that. So, and then like you said, oh. okay, back to the docks. We, you know, this whole thing transpires. Woods comes out of the shadows immediately. And it's probably because we've seen so many movies that have similar ideas in them. I thought to myself, I wonder if he's connected to what happened back then. And if so, he's got to probably be the guy that had the burn marks. I, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. just, I made that immediate jump. Uh, but my guess was, which I suppose you could say spoiler, but to be fair, we did do the major spoiler alert at the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah. But he ends up, as you said, saving Meacham's life and Meacham. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's chasing a, uh, a suspect. Yes. And, and doing, doing the whole, uh, I'm too, I'm too old for this shit because yeah. he, he's huffing and puffing and, uh, and, and, and granted me, Brian Denny is a, is a, big guy yes he is yeah so and that's what i like about him though he's so real like just everything yeah, about him everything from the constant just furrowed brow serious look on his face to and it doesn't ever feel put on like oh. he, he seems like he would be like that guy but maybe nicer like yeah, in real life like he probably you. is more mild-mannered and nicer maybe but he's just he's so real like there's something about him and he woods too woods though can get a little over the top but in a good way but i feel like yeah. with dennehy it's always so subdued and real yeah it's like yeah it's like how you'd sit down and have a beer and a, and a long talk with yeah what's that word gravitas like this there's something about uh, him that's just very grounded and just yeah. wise and just i don't know i just i, I love the guy i think he's great so yep yeah. yeah. Anyway, as we learn, it turns out that Meacham has a daughter, teenage daughter. And as you said, his mm -hmm. wife is dead. He's having this yep. hard time. He's have writer's block. He can't write this new book. And he's going to have trouble with his publisher and his editor, played by, I believe her name was it Victoria Garrett or Gannett. I think I wrote it. No, Tennant. Victoria Tennant. Oh, is it Tennant? I'm sorry. Okay. Yep. And what, what do I know her from? Because I couldn't, and I didn't look uh, her up uh, yet. Well, actually, you bought one of the movies she's in. Oh, I did? <laughs> yeah, L.A. Story. Oh, oh, okay. She's in that one. Well, I haven't have really watched that one yet, so in my uh, defense. <laughs> no, I, I haven't seen it in a long time. But I, what I remember her from is uh, there's a TV show, a little TV series from 83 called The Winds of War. Mm -hmm. Robert Mitchum, too. That's okay. uh, where I remember her Her from. name is familiar, but yet her face was not. Oh, okay. To me, it wasn't. For whatever reason, it just didn't click. Yeah. So... Yeah, but they give him a hard time. Yeah, they're giving him a hard, you know, he's having, he's struggling. So he has his teenage daughter, Holly, and mm -hmm. we learned that Holly got a ride home from a friend of his. Her, she and some of her friends got a ride home from a really nice guy who was a friend of her father's and immediately has that look of, huh, what do you look yeah, like? Did, like he knows. Did you, think the, did you think the same thing that I wrote down on my notes? What's that? Stranger danger. Yeah, exactly. I did think to myself, the daughter of a cop 
would and uh, when she but she immediately he even says like you know better than to get in a car with yeah. he's like look i was with my friends and i i could see a 15 16 year old girl with her friends mm. doing something like that especially then i mean maybe now yeah. less even less so even though it's probably theoretically safer now than it would have been then but because it's that was new that was uh, new york so not to not to pass judgment but i'm just saying that <laughs> i think now what from from as i understand it hypothetically i've not never been to new york that statistically speaking her chances then might have been significantly higher to be having bad things happen so yeah. um ultimately it turns no, but, out woods's character had given them a ride yeah he's so he's very nice yeah, well, he did it to get Meacham's attention, right? Yeah, of course. And he, and he does. Oh, yeah, good job. And mm-hmm. what Meacham ends up having happen is when he goes back to work, there's a note from, oh, your daughter left your her book oh, in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the guy's in the car. car. Yes, yeah. which, which was code for, the, you, know, you know who this is, meet me at such and such a place. Now, did they go back to the same dock shipyard, or was that a different area? Because it looked, I think it was. Yeah, I think it's a. I'm not sure. It's a. It's a dock uh, somewhere. Anyway. It looked similar, so I didn't know if it was supposed to yeah. be the same place or not. Well, yep. Meacham actually almost falls and yeah, Cleve saves his life yet again. Yep. And so, watch out! Uh, watch out for the. It's uh, it's a long drop. Yeah. So <laughs> what I like though was a nice touch because by that was just a little accident by by doing that. It makes because I think under normal circumstances, there is no way that this guy, this cop would have given this other guy the time of day. Like, I just don't see it. But maybe there's that sense of obligation because it's like, well, you know, the guy did save my life twice. Um, and technically he killed somebody in front of me. So I really should probably deal with this. So, I mean, I mean, like, I like that all that stuff was put in. Yeah. And I, and I, and it, I think it's somewhere in the back of his mind he's curious who, who the hell is oh, this guy? Oh, he's a, and he's a writer and he's an author so yeah. a storyteller he's going to want to know what's this yeah. guy's story absolutely so they end up talking and this is when cleave is starting to lay the groundwork for he worked for this guy named david madlock who ran this corporation kappa international and that ultimately the now did he at that point doesn't he tell him that he was I don't think, you know, he doesn't tell him then, does he, that he was no, he, there? He, no, he, he, well, he basically, he was one of the, he calls himself an executive and he, yeah. he was uh, there to kind of help, uh, remove obstacles. Think, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and get assets, something like that. He, he, he helped start the, the, the whole business. Yes. That's basically what he says. Yes. Translation. He killed a whole bunch of people yeah. for this guy <laughs> so that they can make billions of dollars and become this massive, uh, just yeah, and, multinational uh, corporation. Yeah, and they rolled him over. Basically, that's why he's yes, yeah. So, so yeah, he's he's pissed. Bar- yeah, that's, ba- it's a revenge story. Sure. Yeah, Khalid basically yeah. wants to stick it yeah. to this guy for sticking it to him. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. Which, which I will say is pro- if if I have to pick out like a a hole is the fact that my guess is if this kind of thing were to transpire in real life, whoever, the, the David Madlock character would have the way that a guy like Cleve is let go is to be let go with cement booties on in the East river. Like I don't yeah. imagine they would let this guy just be this loose cannon replaced. No, I don't think so. No, I, I just don't, he, I don't uh, buy he that. Would have done, no, he would have disappeared somewhere. Yeah. The, probably. What's that? Yeah, probably. And I, I don't know mob uh, procedure, but uh, <laughs> procedure. basically. Yeah, I love that when he does later on, when he does tell Meacham, you know, he, he, about what he, essentially more, he is more explicit about what he's saying. 
Meacham has the response of like a mafia hitman. Like, you know, it's, you know, it's going to buy that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also I love the little touches too. So they end up again, very long story, somewhat short. They end up at a gun range that this is where they're going to meet the next day. And yep. the, as they're shooting, did you catch how Woods' character Cleve picks up the shell casings and you know, old habit. Yeah, old habit. I was, yeah. that, but that, I love that little touch. It's like that's exactly what an assassin guy would do. He's going to shoot his gun, sure, but he's going to. Now, I guess you could make the point: Would you want to leave the slugs? Because I don't know. I'm assuming that it would have been possible back then. Now, nowadays, they can actually look at the slug and check it yeah. to see, you know, the way the however I don't know the verbiage, but the the contours on the bullet that they can tell. Yeah. What which, gun it which came gun out of, yeah. Came, yeah, and who made the gun. So I don't know that he'd want to leave the slugs. Is. Yes, so, but he did pick <laughs> up the shells, which I, th- I thought was a, it was a nice touch. I like that. Yeah, and I like the way that, uh, Brian Denny's character looks at him, kind of with a uh, raised eyebrow, and says, uh, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, why would and kind you of, kind of, and, 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 Again, it's the curiosity. It's, it's like, hmm, that, that kind of thing. Oh, sure, sure. So, so Meacham uh, ends up arresting him. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's not too happy about that, Cleve. Oh, wow. He yeah. goes on on a tirade. Oh, yeah, he, he's really, uh, uh, really frustrated. And he, but it's almost like he's more, dis- he truly, when he says, I'm so disappointed in you. Yeah, like, he's, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, because I think what it is, is more like, look, you're wasting my time. I'm wasting, yeah. you know, this is like, d- please don't do this. Let, he's not like he's afraid that he's actually going to go to jail. Because I think he realizes no, 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 no. there's really no evidence to put him away. No, not at all. It's just a. Uh, it's a waste of time, all this, because it, it's uh, eventually it'll lead to him getting off anyway. Although, again, I would say technically there is evidence because, again, if the technology was there to test the bullet, yeah, he shot yeah, the guy. Probably. He shot the guy to save Meacham. Well, that bullet would match. Yeah, it would. Well, probably, uh, unless he's using again, a different gun. I guess he could be using a different gun. Yeah, again, hitman procedurals. I, you know, I'm not too. Uh, uh, up on uh, what do you call it? Up to date on that. <laughs> uh, I got you. I got you. Uh, 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 oh, oh, some of us are maybe. Uh, <clears throat> so, <laughs> okay. Do you pick up gun shells when you shoot? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So, just checking. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's, it's good practice. It's best practices <laughs> to pick up your gun shells. I don't litter, Peter. Pe- no. I don't like littering, and I don't litter. So, of course, I pick up my gun shells after going on a hit. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So ultimately. Cleve tells Meacham that he worked, again, we said this guy, David Madlock, this corporation, Cap International, that he killed people for this corporation, and that he was at the 72 robbery, and that they had stolen $2.5 million, it was like seed money, startup capital, and that he wants to help, get Meacham to help him bring down his boss, because he was pushed out, as you said. Yes. And I I love that he refers to Madlock as a modern-day robber baron. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a great. And there's this whole scene where he takes Meacham to meet Madlock to prove he actually knows the guy. And Madlock That's is a good scene. Yeah, it's great. And they're at this, you know, it's this big social gathering, this beautiful area. I guess the way he tell him he thinks the building was worth like twenty million dollars, and that Meacham just gave it to the city. Mm-hmm. And so he starts. Yeah, the whole scene plays. I mean, uh, they're not friends. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's that real and fake it, thing. And it shows, but yeah. but again, it's like. You have to play this kind of game in front of uh, the public, but oh man, these guys hate each other. 
Oh yeah, but it, it's the whole smiling, like yeah, the gritted teeth thing. But the guy who plays Madlock, first off, is it me or does he have like the greatest voiceover voice ever? Like if you really listen to his voice, it was just without any effort. It was, I want to say, it wasn't as deep or as like the Don LaFontaine kind of you know in a world. But it just had that quality. Like if you close yeah. your eyes, you can hear him. Do, and I I haven't looked to see. For all I know, maybe he does a lot of voiceover work, but. Oh well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't even a couple of good movies, but uh, yeah, I didn't even uh, didn't even think to to check that out. But yeah, Paul Shinar is the yeah. is the actor, so he's got a great voice. That that was just yeah. something I immediately noticed. Now, what's interesting is, oh my gosh, you see, he died in eighty nine. Uh, well, Paul like the, Shinar. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, fifty three. Uh, wow. So best story is it's like second to last movie. So that would that would that make the big blue the, his last? Uh, yep. Uh, in '88. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. That's <laughs> sad. Oh, you know yeah. what? I think it may have been AIDS. I think. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't. I may have to cut that out if I'm incorrect because I don't like. <laughs> and they, yeah, well, that, that according to the IMDBA trivia, that I think what the implication was was that maybe. I don't know if they're saying it was a blood transfusion or whatever, but oh, still that, that sucks. sucks. God yeah. damn. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, I, mean, I, 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 do I don't, I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring down the show. Okay. No, no. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? Oh, I know why I knew his voice. Dude, he was the Jenner in secret of Nim, the rat, the bad, the main bad rat. Yes, that's right. Oh, yes. that's why he has that really just, deep rich voice that is that that makes a lot more Damn. sense yeah i haven't seen that in ages oh i love that movie it's such a good movie yeah it's a good movie so oh, he, he was uh he was sosa you remember from scarface oh that's right yeah, yeah i haven't seen uh, scarface in a long time either bad guy there no i haven't seen that i i have to watch it again it's a summer movie i feel it's, it's about three hours long too so in, yeah. in my house, that means I'm going to get interrupted about 84 times, so it's going to take me about three days to get through. So, hmm. probably. <laughs> so, so yeah. So that. So at least we've established why Mister uh, Mister Madlock <laughs> sounded so familiar and, and had such a mm-hmm. good voice. So ultimately, they meet him. It's obvious that Cleve knows him. So now, I would say at this point, Meacham is definitely starting to buy story. And I would argue, and this is where I would contradict. Heavily Mr. Ebert's theory, having not read Mr. Ebert's review to know if I'm even accurate in doing it this way, would be that I think Meacham totally bought by this point that Cleve was what he said he was. I think he was yeah. he's fishing for real concrete evidence and everything yeah, Cleve think, uh, gives him yeah, is circumstantial he, at best. Yeah, I mean, it's not I don't think it's that he doesn't believe him. It's more the the. the do you really want to believe him? I mean, he is a cop, and and if he starts believing him, he should actually bring him in. Sure. Well, I think and, uh, and that I, will lose him the story. That's a good point. So if he can, yeah, if he can say with a straight face down the road, "Hey, I thought this guy was just a kook, but I did know that mm-hmm. he had committed this one crime, and I'm trying to catch him on something else, so I played along." Yeah. Blah blah blah. But if yeah, if he said, "Oh no, I totally bought that," and that was the other thing I I didn't have a chance to check into, but. And I'm not a lawyer by any stretch of imagination. So I was wondering if this whole thing after this movie with this story would be over, did it boil down to would Dennehy's character be at least in an ethical way, almost doing a uh, was it a, not aiding a betting, but accomplice like after the fact 
<laughs> to some of oh, these wow, things. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Am I wrong? Because, I mean, he no, no. knows and is involved, essentially, directly in a couple of situations, which we might touch on here briefly. So, uh-huh. they. It, it, speaking of one, they end up in a taxi together. Now, at first, I thought to myself, boy, that's kind of convenient, the way this whole thing transpires with the taxi. But it did occur to me, well, if they have, if the bad guys have gotten this cab driver and have rigged up a cab to do something, then they could have had him sort of following them and not picking up anybody else. And as soon as they motion, he's uh, he's in. Yeah, so I could there, buy yeah. that they, yeah. they could get him in the cab that way. So they get him in a cab. The guy's, you know, looks a little nervous and, you know, hey, you guys mind if I stop? And some, yeah, a little. Well, at first he does. He gets more yeah. progressively <laughs> when he almost has a heart attack. He's sweating bullets at the end. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> rightfully so. So he ends uh-huh. up pulling over yeah you guys mind if i stop and get some butts and like, yeah, whatever and, and then he goes up and you actually see him going you remember those did i don't know if you guys had them but the uh, uh i don't call it it's like a, it's like a concession machine but it's it's the cigarette machine where you put it in like your 75 cents and yeah, yeah, yeah. yep yep i know what you're talking about yeah did, did you guys have those or uh well way back yeah, uh, because now smoking is bad, and uh, it, uh, you can't you can hardly have smoking in movies anymore. So uh, sure. So, but but yeah, I remember being not a, like a little kid, like a kid who was old enough to try and swipe a smoke and try to smoke it. You know, twelve, thirteen years old, and yeah, sure. a couple of the places around. Was it? Uh, oh, what was that one? It wasn't. I'm completely. It's not McCrory's. It was. It was something like that. It was like a little kind of like a five and dime kind of Walgreens. I don't know the equivalent, like a drugstore type of store almost, but it was in the mall. Mm. And I remember near the bathrooms, they had one of those cigarette dispenser machines. And so, but nobody monitored, you know, next, the, the, to, next to the condom machines or what? But actually, no, it was just cigarettes. No, and, okay. <laughs> and, and it just, it, it had a sign on it. You know, if you're under 18, yeah, okay, that's going to stop. And it's completely yeah. out of sight, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who's going to, who's going to check? And that's when you get your Marlboro Reds. <laughs> so the camels yeah the camels so mm. ultimately the, the guy goes it claims to going for smokes he disappears cleaves spidey sense starts tingling gets meet him out of the car just in time for it to go boom big time yeah <laughs> and uh they chase after the the poor yes uh, taxi driver and i don't think we should say exactly how what ends up transpiring nope. let's just say Something happens that again. I go back to uh, accessory after the fact, during the fact. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the, the, the that, whole that thing whole, that whole scene actually it, it's it's uh, uh, it's that's cold. Yes, I mean about what happens. Yes, it was, but it, I like it, it was played out nicely. It it, yeah. it involves a photo booth, and it was a a nice touch. Yeah, I actually remember this part. Yeah. Uh, even though it's been a long time since I've seen it, so, but uh, but this part I remembered. Yeah, well, I can yeah, I can see so. why I can see why that yeah. would stick in your head. <laughs> yeah. So th- <laughs> they end up, you know, things continue on. I want to kind of kind of fast forward a little bit to make sure yeah. we, we get on all this stuff. The let's the, put it this way: sightseeing trip to murder sites. Yes, I think ultimately Cleve takes him around and finally convinces Meacham. Meacham agrees to write this book because he wants to bring down that that he. You get the sense. I don't know. I know at some point Meacham says that he actually does, despite himself, like Cleve. I don't. 
you I don't really know that she, that he does like there are times like I played that intro clip when he says that, that and what that was from is a moment when he actually takes Cleve back to his childhood home in Oregon because he has to get the full story because he wants to really see I guess where this guy came from this amoral yeah. sociopath and yeah. he's almost he's so almost cruel you can tell Cleve for whatever reason I don't know if it's hero worship or what it is but he has a sense of respect for Meacham, and he's actually pretty decent to him. Yeah, I mean, when he when like he, when he buys him the watch. Oh, yeah, and actually, and I, I'm I, glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. You don't think I'm capable of doing something decent, something unselfish? Maybe I'll surprise you. I doubt it. Yeah, you, you go and you tell him what happens. So they're on a plane. Yeah, they're on the plane, and they're they're sitting there, kind of talking a little bit, and he hands him this uh, nice watch. Which he has in, uh, inscribed from I don't know from from Cleve to his good friend or to to Dennis from his good friend Cleve or something. Yes. yes. And uh, Mitchum just takes it out, looks at it, puts it back, and hands it back to him. Yeah. And he he's like a little. Uh, I mean, uh, again, to, to James Woods is he's great here. He's, he's like a hurt little boy. He, that's what it's in his did eyes, you, did you see man. The back? Yeah. Did you see the back? Yeah, I saw it. You know, it was. And, uh, it's a father well, thing. It's like, yeah. his, like a kid who, and, and we meet his, I guess that was his father, and his dad seemed like a nice guy at, at the yeah. the family homestead, but it was like that, that moment of a guy who had this father figure that he really admires, looks up to, and he's desperate for this guy's approval, and he yeah. can't get it. No. He, he, I was I was waiting for him to tear up. I know. I felt bad I mean, for him. I felt, it was yeah, actually really he, sad. Yeah, he's sitting there all wide-eyed, and did, did you see the back? Yeah, I saw it. And he goes, I'm still a cop. And then he goes, well, yeah. and he goes, oh, and I'm still a, what I am. And then Richard yeah. basically goes, yeah. <laughs> and then he makes that oh. comment, which I think, again, I don't want to give away the ending, honestly, on this. I love that they, the way they force it. You don't think I'm capable of yeah. doing anything selfless. And, and he goes, and he goes, I, what do you say? I'll prove you wrong and meet you. I doubt it. Yeah. Really? Really meet you. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's mean. He really is kind of mean to Now, yeah. Denny's such a nice, like, I mean, there's, I don't say nice. He's a likable, there's something about, he's like a gruff, likable guy, like a grumpy uncle that you still kind of like. He's kind of like a, yeah. like Quint. He's like Quint from Jaws. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? He's just grumpy and just uh, uh, salty and just kind of, there's a mean streak to him, but yeah, you kind of like the guy. So yeah. I, I think anybody else playing that character, it might've just come off as just douchey and you would have hated him. Yeah, I don't think it would have worked. Because Woods... I mean, it, what were you going to say? What? No, no, no. Uh, nothing. No, okay. Uh, ultimate, <laughs> ultimately, Woods... What I think is so brilliant about Woods' performance in this whole thing is that he makes you actually care about this guy's feelings. And we know how bad this guy is. He's very... amoral. He's very... He, he, several points he talks about he doesn't care about pain pain doesn't bother no. him no he's just he, just say it. he's a he's a he's a psychopath oh yes he's totally i mean very, just, very effective a very effective uh, man but he's still just a psychopath he is i mean i mean yeah one of the one of the really great moments david surprise <laughs> surprise <laughs> yeah i know and <sighs> oh wait we have to mention this just just briefly when they're in the bar. Oh, yeah. James Woods. And what does he do? 
is singing yeah. in French. Was that it's song? Been, was that song? I did look up to see if anybody had actually determined what that song was, or if it said it in the credits. Was that? Uh, I, was I, that? Um. Uh, uh, oh, is the uh, I'm rain for? I wrote it. Hold on. Oh, can't help falling in love with you. You know. You know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. And I can't help falling in love with you. Can you listen to the melody at certain points? It sounds like that, but it, I'm pretty sure it was in French, right? So yeah, it, yeah, it was in French. Uh, was that his voice I, too? It, I think so. Yeah, no, wasn't too shabby. It's not, it's, it, no, it's not bad. But it, it's just when when you first when you see him, it's it's a very very tender moment. It really is. Yeah, he's at this yeah. bar and there he and yeah. Meacham's on the phone, and so Cleve just decides he's going to sing. Yeah. But was it just me, or did they drink a lot in this movie? They did. A lot of drink, a lot of smoking. This movie, actually, this movie could almost be a play. <laughs> yeah. It's visual. Yeah. It's definitely a movie. I mean, there's moments that are very visual that you don't get the full impact unless you see their reactions. And, and you know, so it is visual, but this could be uh, Yeah. There's a, a lot of just, uh, yeah, two guys sitting uh, around a table discussing. But I mean talk. that in a good way. Like, it's not yeah, boring, yeah. though. It's never boring, because their, their performances with each other are so dynamic, and, and everything they talk about serves the story. This isn't just, you know, my dinner with Andre and guns. It is no. more than that. So this, this is the same scene where the where he's, James Wood's character goes up to the bar and starts flirting with this uh, woman. Oh, you don't have, you won't happen to have a friend for uh, my uh, for my kid brother. Yeah, but I don't. She I, says, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think he'd like him. Yeah, and, it's, <laughs> and this guy, this cowboy dude, comes up, and again, it kind of shows that they have some kind of mutual respect because when this uh, cowboy dude starts mouthing off against uh, Cleve, and you know he can drop him like a. Oh yeah, the cleave could. And I was getting ready yeah. for it. I was like, oh, oh. yeah, he's gonna hurt him really, really bad. But he's just like, I, I, I'm the lover in the family. My brother is the fighter, and he just points to, uh, to Brian Dennehy, who, who immediately picks it up, just, just drop it. Yeah, and it, it, just the way he says it is, he's very calm, and you know that Brian Dennehy's character could, could easily just, well, well basically sit on you, and you would be. <laughs> Well, as, as Cleve actually, as Cleve finds out shortly thereafter, and again, I don't yeah. want to say why, but <laughs> no. yeah, he really lays into him. <laughs> no, but it was great because Cleve even says, "Yeah, my brother's the fighter." Twenty-four straight knockouts, so he makes sure yeah. he establishes. When I say the fighter, yeah. I don't mean metaphorically. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and you can see the guy in the cabin had kind of, uh, you know what? I'm well, just gonna leave. Oh, and he oh, he backs down to such a degree that he does. He sits down next to a woman who, by the way, did you get a Robin Wright vibe off of her? Or was it just me? There's something about no, her. No, no, yeah, a little bit, yeah. And and so, but Cleve actually goes, takes the extra mile of taking his index finger and slowly tracing it just gently around her neck as yeah, he walks past, just so the, just to really just kind of shove one in, into the cowboy's face. So yeah, they, there was a, there were so many great moments. Seriously, in, in little things like that, little touches, little. And then he shoved something into her. <laughs> do, do, do you want to elaborate on that? All right. Maybe no, we saw I mean, a different movie. Like, Did you switch over to? <laughs> Nobody. Uh, not only does he. I mean, he. he she follows him home. Sure. Well, well, sure. The, well, yeah, but you never hotel. see. It's what's great is that he. You know, you get a glimpse of her very quickly in the background. Like he comes out of the bedroom and she's yeah. on the bed, and and he comes out and he just goes. Basically, she doesn't want me. She wants you. He tells Meacham. Yeah. She I, thinks I, you're I, cool. I, I can't satisfy her, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> It's the way he's he very flabbergasted. I can't satisfy her. Well, and what I what I found interesting is, so do you think that was just a manipulation? 
Uh, well, yeah, a little bit, probably. I'm not sure. I, I, you don't know about uh, with this character. Yeah. N not yet, anyway. So, but uh, it, there's so many scenes in this movie. You, you wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna watch this again. Actually, this is one of the first ones in a long time where if I had had just a hair more time, I actually and I did when I went through and got all the sound bites, I watched <clears throat> several scenes again. Yeah, I did do that. But the uh, it was it is one that I will want to revisit at some point. It's and it's not because necessarily that there's things you're going to catch that you didn't catch the first time. And it's no, so no, it's just to watch this, uh, the interaction between yeah, these two. It's, I really was, that was the acting in this movie. I thought was impressive. Overall. I enjoyed the story. I mean, again, if you like police procedural, more gritty crime drama type movies, you, I think you'll dig this. It's yeah. it's, and it's definitely of its time. It's of the eighties, but you know, it's interesting. And, and again, the case in point with that bar scene, it doesn't go necessarily where you think it would. Like to me, a nor the the cliche, the, the 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 easy thing would have been that whole scene plays out, and then we cut to the parking lot. Bars mm. just closed. The guy's half yeah. drunk. He's going to his car. Oh gee, I wonder what's going to happen to him now. Oh, <laughs> there's Cleve. Cleve with a knife. Knife in the guy's <laughs> neck. I mean, but none of that happened. Not 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 at all. And it was, and somebody might say, well, yeah, I want to see that. Well, okay, that's fine. But to me, if it's so predictable, then I get annoyed. I like that. Yeah. I like that, that. I can't tell exactly where this is all going. So I think personally, let's tie it up with a bow. Any, any final words? I think we both can agree that this movie isn't CND, CCC, anything else. It's actually a pretty damn good movie in and of yeah, itself. It and do you have any final, like, before we jump on into the movie picks or do you? No, it, 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 uh, it, uh, just these watching these two, uh, makes, makes the whole movie yeah. more or less. Oh, I, by the way, and did you, and, and did you catch the, the, uh, well, we talked a little bit about the music. It's, it's, uh, it's a kind of typical eighties thriller score, which was, uh, great. But did you catch who, uh, who did the, the end song? No. Uh, it's called Perfect Ending, which is kind of cool. <laughs> That's Benny Benny King. Oh, was it really? Yeah, I mean, he, he died. Uh, he did just recently, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. I mean, and I mean, it's not like Benny King is not known. Oh, of course not. Well, and it, I, uh, I actually, I, I liked that song at the end, and I didn't even think to. No, I just thought hmm. uh, when the when it scrolled up, and I was uh, nice and, and Benny Benny King. I thought, oh, wait, what? Didn't didn't he just what? <laughs> so that was. Uh, yeah. Kind nice. of well, it's sad but cool. Yeah, that was that was a nice, nice, nice catch. Because yeah, I didn't even catch what it was by. Well, speaking speaking of the theme music, uh, how about we do something a little different for uh, as we segue into the movie picks. One of the things that actually struck me about the music, it's, it reminds me just a little bit of, at the beginning there, of the opening of the Tales from the Dark Side TV show theme. Like there's just mm. that similar, almost otherworldly synth quality to it. So anyway, just just a, a quick digression. So movie pick, <laughs> Peter. And I honestly tell you, the, the problem I had is I didn't, I almost didn't even know what 
to go with because there were so many potential yeah. movies to choose from on this one. There's a shitload of titles. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, by the way, did you just, just again going on a on a rabbit hole down a rabbit's hole or up a rabbit's hole? As the case may be. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Did you catch Cleve's sister? She is just uh, yes. She's in, she's she's like the guy who was in that thing because like she's very yeah. recognizable. Yeah, yeah. The whole family was, like, was actually. I noticed. Yeah, all the, of them. The dad, the dad, the dad too. Yeah, the, he was. Uh, like, see, planes, trains, and automobiles. I, when I looked him up, and there was one other thing. Oh, it's I'm completely out of brain fart. I, I recognize him from two old movies. Yeah, from Cool Hand Luke mm-hmm. uh, and uh, The Longest Yard. Okay. Too. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not a nice guy in any of them, <laughs> but uh, but it's like you said, there's so many titles to to choose from. Sure. So I'm gonna go way off and go with the guy uh, at the at the docks. Uh-huh. You know where uh, that uh, Meacham is uh, nice. is chasing. Yeah, and he he's also that guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I I know I could go with uh, Renegade. You know with the the series with. Uh-huh. Uh, Llamas. <laughs> but I'm yeah, but I'm not. I'm gonna go with Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Oh, okay. You know what? You know what? Never saw it. You didn't? That's no. good. actually I saw, saw it in the theater. That was know, that was what I again I remember when it came out. I'm and I think what it is some some of those movies came out just at that time when <sighs> I liked the movies that I liked, but I was definitely more geared because that was like was that eighty nine ish? Ninety? Oh, so it was a 91? Yeah, 91. Okay, sometimes I had yeah. like 89, 90 in my head. So, yeah, yeah. But definitely then. 91 was definitely my sci-fi horror. That I mean, I would see other movies. It's not like I didn't see any movies that weren't in those genres, but those were my predominant go-tos at that point. And, yeah. and a lot of those movies, like the like Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, I just didn't do anything for me. Now, as an adult, I can revisit them, and I think I'd... I don't know that I would have appreciated them at, you know, 14, 15 years old anyway, so. No, not probably not. I mean, and yeah, there's some, well, you can read my uh, review of it because there's there's a, a, a lot of small, well, just look at the title, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Mm-hmm. A lot of the names, the character names is, uh, uh, is after brand names. Got it. So. Uh, and that's Don Johnson and is it Mickey Rourke? Mickey Rourke, okay. yes. Yeah. It's a, I, I like this movie. Yeah, I've always done it. It's it's a, <laughs> straightforward story not much of a i mean you could really well you could basically write the the the, the manuscript on i don't know a piece of one a sheet co- paper a cocktail, or a cocktail nut, but yeah that's that's good old hollywood Maybe. high concept right yeah and i i it, there's something about it and again it's a a lot of it is the interaction between the the, the characters I, I like that one mm-hmm. you have to check that out we'll have to remedy that I, I think that would be a fun one to do. Now, you you think, I think, yeah, that was pretty off, off the reservation as far as who you chose. Off the reservation? Or should I not have said that? <laughs> no, but it's uh, kind of cool because, uh, well, Branscombe Richmond. Oh, I forgot to say his name. Branscombe oh, but that, the connective. Oh, was he was he Native American? Uh, I think so. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's bringing it right back around. And, yep. and still somehow being slightly offensive. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my choice was, did you happen to catch towards the end? One of the henchmen. He's uncredited for some freaking reason, because at this point he had quite a few credits. 
Is it that guy with the, the guy who sits and uh, watches uh, the girl? Uh, yep. Mitchum's daughter. Yep. Yeah. Seymour Seymour Casal. Ah, okay. Where the hell Dude, have I seen him before? Everything. Everything. Like everything. That's what you've seen him. Yeah. Before. Yeah. <laughs> Two hundred and fourteen <laughs> credits. Holy shit. Yes. Everything from Honeymoon in Vegas to, I mean, I'm just literally just scrolling through our Star Trek Next Generation episodes. He was in Wicked Stepmother as well. Uh, obviously, bestseller. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side episodes. He was in, I mean, a bunch of indie movies. He was in yeah, I mean, just Indecent Proposal. Very recognizable. It Could Happen to You, which I actually think is a very, very, I remember really liking that movie. The one with uh, Nicolas Cage and Bridget Fonda. The lottery ticket one, Rosie Perez. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah, really that's good, a, I remember yeah, that was a really good yeah. movie. And I remember actually, Never vaguely, what's that? Never happened to me. Never happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he's been, dude, it's just a ton of stuff. Well, the movie I'm picking is because as I was going through, I was like, I thought at first, like my knee jerk, and I don't know why this is what first thing that popped in my head. There was a movie that came out in the early nineties, I guess. I think it was called Living in Oblivion. And it was one of these. It seems like in the early 90s, there was quite a few of these behind the scenes of what movie making is like movies. They're fictional movies, but they would be about like a they were these indie. Usually they were in an indie movie. They would play at Sundance and I'd hear about them because it's around that 92, 93 mark when, when Reservoir Dogs came out and that that group of filmmakers, the Kevin Smith, Tarantino, all of that, that crew, you know, Rodriguez came out shortly thereafter. I became very enamored of a lot of their work. And so I would follow things. And there was a movie called living in oblivion. I remembered, I thought that's what I remembered it from, but I was wrong. There's actually a movie oh, okay. that he was in called in the soup. Huh. With Steve Buscemi. Good actor. A very good I, actor. The name uh, is familiar, but. Well, it was directed by Alexander Rockwell, who did an episode of uh, four rooms. If you remember that oh. one and he oh, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was, and this was his movie that I think was kind of his breakout movie. It came out in 1982 and it was, he actually hasn't, he went for a long time. I mean, he went, let's see here in four rooms in 95, he had done a movie in between in the soup and four rooms. And then he did Lewis and Frank in 98. Didn't do another one. 13 moons in 2002. Doesn't do another movie until 2010. So, oh. Ultimately, I it, it was weird because I remember his name because four rooms that was you had Rodriguez, Tarantino, Rockwell, and oh, I'm completely brain farting on the the female director. She did Gas Food Lodging. You know, I could just click on four rooms and then I'll have my answer. Ah, Allison uh, Anders, no. Allison Anders. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it starts Tim right. Roth. You know, four rooms was had Tim Roth in it and a bunch of other great people. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't even go down that. Yeah, I'm not going down that, that rabbit trail. trail. No, so, but, no, 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 no. But so, but Alexander Rockwell, or I don't know if it's Alexander or Alexandre, because it's D-R-E, not D-E-R at the end, but I'll say Alexander. <laughs> and <laughs> I remembered in the suit because, again, it was this black and white, little quirky comedy uh, that Seymour Casal was, it's it sort of, I remember he had gone from being this character actor who was the guy who was in that thing to a guy who was like now serious like he did such a great job in it that he really i remember watching multiple behind the scene things and critical you know critic shows that were hailing him and his performance and bushimi plays this struggling guy i want to say he and i could use the imdb 
summary, but it's pretty all over the place. It's a neurotic nebish lives in two worlds. I'm guessing this is supposed to be Bushimi. The fantasy of winning <laughs> his dream girl via a hit movie and the meager existence he scrapes out from very odd jobs, thus such as thesping in an arty no budget flick. I, I don't even really. What? So, yeah, yeah. So and then it goes on to some <laughs> other stuff. And I do remember that Buscemi is a guy who wants to get the girl. He ends up writing a screenplay, and I think he's using it basically to get the girl. And Casal's character is—I don't remember if he's like a producer wannabe, and like he's—he's—it's he's, literally one of those movies you haven't seen in twenty-something years, and you saw it just once, maybe twice, and you remember liking it. But you got a little to go on. Yeah, for some reason, when you're laying it at a screenplay to get the girl, it's something's saying that I've seen it. And but Jennifer I can't really Beals. Be sure. Remember Jennifer Beals from Flashdance? She's in it. Well, who wouldn't remember? Oh, her. of course. Touche, my friend. Touche. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I remember being like this fun, quirky indie comedy that was better than most. It was black and white. And it's called In the Soup, 1982. My long-winded, very lame sell job there. Oh. On my, my lame attempt to sell that movie. Uh, I, I just remember it being interesting. If nothing else, just because Steve Buscemi, very early yeah. in his yeah. career. Uh, so, as far as before he was Steve Buscemi. So, oh. yeah, but this, yeah, because this would have been one of his earlier. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, Dogs came out the same year, didn't it? Didn't Dogs come out in 92? I actually think this, In the Soup... And Reservoir Dogs may, and I'm literally guessing at this, may have played Sundance at the same time. And oh, that was okay. why Buscemi kind of, at that point, his career just went right, whoop, because after That's that, yeah, In the Soup is 92 and Reservoir Dogs is 92. Oh, okay. Prior to that, he had done like very small parts in, in you know, Billy Bathgate, if you remember that one, Barton Fink, he had a very small part. Yeah. Miller's yeah. Crossing, I remember. I actually, it's funny, my earliest memory of him is I think he's even in the trailer for Miller's Crossing. And Tales from the Dark Side of the Movie. I remember him being in that as well. Wow, I haven't seen Miller's Crossing in a long time. Yeah. Hmm. I so, remember that being uh, a pretty brutal one. Yeah. I and think then, there was Albert Finney was in that, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the gangster Cohen brothers. Yep. Yeah, someone hitting someone in the face with a shovel. See, that's so, someone getting shot in the wood. That's more or less what I remember from Wow, you ready for ridiculous? Now, this is just ridiculous. I said that I thought Seymour Casal was in a movie called Living in Oblivion. Yeah. No, he was in this. He was in In the Soup with Steve Buscemi, which is, again, has that sort of movie element to it, like the people in the movie trying to make a movie. Mm -hmm. Living in Oblivion is, in fact, a film about filmmaking starring Steve Buscemi. And it came out in 95, three years later. So I was close. (laughs) I just happened to come across that. Yeah. Tom DeSillo. I uh, directed it and yeah. Uh-huh. So see that. Yeah, so there was a it connection all... loose. Yes, it, there was. So there you go. Two indie type movies that are movies about making movies or at least some variation of it, both uh, in the soup and living in oblivion, two picks for the price of one early Steve Buscemi work, which is always good. Yeah, so check that out. Peter. Yep. Got any final ideas, words, thoughts. We both agree. Bestseller 1987. We're checking out. Let's let's do a variation on uh, Cleve's words. Can't let this one get by you, my friends. Bestseller. Bad luck, David. Nobody left. 
thanks for listening. And for even more retro movie goodness, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and feel free to leave a review. It helps more people find out about the show. And a special thanks to JV at YourSecretIdentity.com for all the fantastic music you've heard throughout this show. So swing on by ForgottenFlicks.com where we've got great retro reviews, articles, games, tons of past podcast episodes and interviews, and more. 